0: like your brain is on fire? It'd be pretty self-serving for me to say it probably doesn't for you. But like many things, whether it's something good or some sort of bad thought pattern, I try and assume, because it's a good default assumption, that my brain probably operates much like yours does. Obviously, the disclaimer here is that Diagnosing mental illness on your own or listening to a podcast host like yourself, who is not a doctor, those things are not good solutions. However, we all can't be in therapy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and some introspection is necessary. Hence, the field of philosophy. A lot of times it does feel like my brain's on fire in the sense that there's so many ideas happening at once, so many thoughts, so many threads that I want to unwind and as mentioned in the last show on screenwriting, like Nicolas Cage's character, sometimes I feel like I need to write down or record every single idea because out of some weird assumption, the world will not be quite right if these ideas are not put to paper, which is ridiculous, obviously, but in the moment... It doesn't feel that way. Danielle Steele, Sylvia Plath, Joyce Carol Oates, Stephen King, Isaac Asimov, all these people, all authors in this case, suffered from what is known as hypergraphia. The Roman poet Juvenal, I think was the first to describe this, He called it the incurable writing disease. And Hippocrates, the father of medicine, actually called it, I think, the sacred disease. Edgar Allan Poe called it his midnight disease. Hypergraphia often occurs in epileptics. And even for non-epileptics, it usually has something to do with a disparity in how the frontal and temporal lobes operate. It's obviously, at this point, characterized by voluminous writing that is almost uncontrollable. Sometimes as a product manager or any leader, you might feel the need, even if in your daily life you don't feel any compulsion to write like I do, that you need to write all the ideas down, all the problems, and make these lists, a backlog, as it is known. And there's nothing wrong with a backlog. A backlog is necessary, but I recommend you follow the maxim of Amazon's operational leadership that a list of three things that you constantly check off is better than a long laundry list that never gets done. Inevitably, things will change in a company too. And this is especially true for product managers. Strategic priorities change, opinions change, people change within a company, customers change, the market changes, technology changes, And your huge backlog will often contain so many things that really you would never seriously do. And so the point of this is to stay focused and not worry about recording everything. The important thing is to increase your learning cycle. And even if you're not a product manager, this is true, in whatever you're doing, increase your speed of experimentation, your speed of decision-making, and then feedback learnings into the next cycle. This is inherent in the Agile philosophy and any of the various methodologies, including the word lean, and that will get you a better result. (laughs) To be clear, hypergraphia is... To my surprise, not just a term people like to use in the podcast sphere, it is actually classified as a mental disorder. There's one great account in The Guardian where a woman says, It felt like a disease. I could not stop. It also felt like one of the best things that has ever happened to me. It still does. There's a mental health professional, again, podcast host is not a mental health professional who says that people do not benefit from severe mental illness he says mental illness is not a spur to creativity well i think that many authors who have suffered from this like stephen king would say that it actually is a good thing i think that more generally we should not easily conclude that a disorder is per se a bad thing one's brain one's behavior could be different and not negative the account of this woman alice flaherty continues on good days ideas would wake me at four in the morning on bad days the words were like a charnel house through which i had to search for the bodies of people i loved Another account in Psychology Today talks about a man who has spent three hours recording each day's activities in 15-minute increments. He had seen in the Guinness Book of World Records when he was very young that the world record holder had compiled the largest journal ever. And he thought immediately as a young man, I can beat that. I wonder if hypergraphia can run in the family I do think and it makes sense that aspects of your brain would be genetic to an extent. Of course, I don't think this is inconsistent with the idea that we all could be equipped with much the same raw mental horsepower machinery, as I've said before, and that we all have similar intellectual potential, much more similar than I think people have thought for much of human history up until recent years with Carol Dweck and conceptions of the growth mindset versus fixed mindset. But there are accounts of people waking up in the middle of the night and writing ideas on Post-its. My mom probably kept 3M in business for decades with the amount of Post-its she used. And she actually graduated to 8.5 by 11 sheets of printer paper, and big magic markers. I, I love you, Mom, by the way. There's a question there about whether hypergraphia can manifest as to-dos as a, and, as, and as a way of stabilizing one's mind in terms of things you have to do as distinct from expressions of creativity or ideas. In doctorsreview.com and a history of hypergraphia, There's discussion of a way to induce hypergraphia, or at least the symptoms thereof. As claimed by Truman Capote, alcohol and intoxication can result in this. And that's not altogether surprising, given that artists are renowned for inducing the creative process or magnifying the creative process with drugs or alcohol. I don't think this is limited to writers, though, as the Balmer number was the number of drinks at Microsoft that would produce the ideal result in a software engineer. From Wikipedia, a charnel house is a vault or building where human skeletal remains are stored. Whether you suffer from hypergraphia or some lighter, less severe version of that disorder. I'm sure we all have some sort of charnel house where things are stored that we revisit and feel like we need to count and enumerate and solidify in our own personal history some way. And I suspect that while writing things down, maybe therapeutic, that clearing out the inventory of this charnel house is something we all should strive for. I will say that the intoxication talk comes full circle in that the subject of that Guardian piece I mentioned earlier, Alice Flaherty, described how a computer screen or sheet of paper, and I'm quoting, gave her the same rush that the drug paraphernalia might give a junkie. Whether you have hypergraphia or something like it, I suppose the only thing worse than having a condition like this would be to suppress it or not give it an outlet. I think we'd all like a little more creativity, but I suspect that you have some that's lying latent and you just need to tap into it. So whether you choose to imbibe the number of drinks equivalent to the bomber number, which I think is two or three in an hour. Not, not two or three every hour on the hour, to be clear. <laughs> Regardless of whether you decide to imbibe or not, maybe give it a go, Let's see what comes out the other side. And as we get all the way wet, I'm going to leave you with one footnote which, due to its graphic nature, I'm just going to leave in the show notes. This is related to the concept of the charnel house. Zoroastrianism is one of the world's religions. It used to be much more ascribed to. I think the most Zoroastrians are in India. You can read about the most sacred way in which Zoroastrian remains are taken care of. like his music, you can find him on Spotify. There's a link in the show notes. You can also trust him with your children. Trust me, I know. The helicopter fills you heard come courtesy of Mike Koenig. Thanks, Mike. Few things are as comforting as a powerful rotor shop. Speaking of which, if you like Warrior Poet, you might love our sister series, 100% Indivisible, the podcast about America. Warrior Poet is produced by Laddie, with special contributions by Spoonman and me, No, 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 no. Kevin, me not do it.